Life is the never-ending unfoldment, the infinitely expansive unfoldment of your potential. And so often when I talk about people's potential and like, what's our purpose? It's not like we're going to get to a destination and stay there. It's not like that black and white. You know, it's through every experience, we gain something. We gain knowledge, wisdom, understanding. We gain gifts, strengths, and skills. Our purpose is to give those things, to give of ourselves from those places, from our treasure. And as a result of giving, we continue to expand and grow. And that is ultimately what life is. You know, life is nonstop growth. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 561. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. And today I'm thrilled to introduce Shauna Pelton, who is a transformational expert for personal change and professional experience. Shauna, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Kim. I'm so honored to be here with you. Actually, it's not just me, it's all of us. But I would love if you would... uh, Let's just start this episode off with, with a blooper. I'm not taking that out. But <laughs> <laughs> I would love if you would just tell the listeners a bit more about yourself because you know your story more than anybody else or better than anybody else. Oh, sure, sure. So I like to think of myself as a personal empowerment champion because I do so many things in terms of how I help people. It's, uh, you know, my history and background as a transformational healer, mentor, teacher, and speaker. It combines nearly two decades of training under various teachings from holistic healing, mind-body medicine, the ancient mysteries and metaphysics, to the modern-day neuroscience of change and people building for personal and professional excellence. So I have a lot of experience helping people overcome their patterns of being stuck, you know, feeling uh, like life is empty or they're struggling with maintaining work-life balance or feeling lost, uh, distrust and doubt, those kind of things. So they, they can be empowered to really make an impact with their lives. Wow. Wow. I can't imagine that you just said one day, I want to be a, you know, (laughs) this is what I want to do. I mean, what was the journey that brought you here? Oh, my gosh. So, you know, my personal journey to make a long short less long, (laughs) it actually started um, after my son's father lost his battle with addictions. And I was cast into that role as the struggling young single mom. And I was pretty much a prisoner of my own bad decisions, really. You know, I didn't have, like most people, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't empowered to to have good self-care or to, you know, make healthy decisions for my life. I think like most of us, our parents are just getting by themselves, never mind how to teach 
you know, teach us how to overcome our challenges. So as a result of not being empowered and my enduring my fair share of hardships, I ended up uh, suffering from multiple health issues and was what I call an emotional mess. So some of the challenges that I had to fight to overcome included living with violence, having experienced betrayal, a loss, and uh, gone through my a divorce. I was in poverty when I, my son was uh, young, as a, that single mom. I was a 19-year-old mom. So you can imagine how difficult it was to, to survive at that time. Uh, as a result, I I struggled with debilitating stress and anxiety, depression, and ended up needing to overcome, like I was, I was being medicated for all of these things. And like everybody, we kind of go the traditional route of how to heal your life, where I was seeing a therapist and uh, on all kinds of medications and was still sick. And it was just increasingly getting worse and worse. One day my doctor said to me, you know, you're just going to probably need to be on medications for the rest of your life. And oh, I just thought, oh, can we take your doctor and my doctor and just bang their heads them? together? Yeah. I'm not violent anymore, I'm just saying. Neither <laughs> am I, but it's just like, oh. Right. And I actually woke up and that's exactly what I needed to hear because I realized in that moment that I was, as they say, barking up the wrong tree. And I realized that I needed to find a different way. But this was at a time, Kim, before there was like the internet. I mean, there was the internet, but it wasn't a household item. And I certainly wasn't able to afford to have my own internet. So I couldn't like Google something and I needed Shana, to. Shauna, can I ask you? Sorry to interrupt you. What year was this? Oh, gosh. This was just maybe 20 something years ago, 20 ish years ago. Okay. So, 2008, I was in the mental hospital. Really? Yeah. And they put me on. I was in there because I wasn't taking care of my thyroid and I was sleep deprived. But rather than address the thyroid issues or the sleep deprivation, let's give you Ativan, Wellbutrin, and Prozac. Uh, and then did you go into the mental hospital as a result of those drugs or did they put you on them after? Oh, your- I got fired from my psychiatrist, the drug dealing one. And I, I'll say drug dealing and not drug prescribing. I got fired by the drug dealing one after I took myself off the meds because, you know, the movie A Beautiful Mind. Have you seen yes. that? Oh my God. Where yes. he can't even think really when he's on the medications that they prescribe him to. That's where I was at. Oh my gosh, no, for sure. And that's exactly how I felt. I was like a zombie. I was Mm -hmm. worse on my, I was more violent on my drugs than off. And then I was more depressed and suicidal as well. And I always tell people like, look, the medications didn't take away my, my problems. They just made me care less. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. This is a first time admission on positive productivity podcast. So I abused the Ativan. I will not deny it. And in one of those abuse states, I went and got numerous body parts pierced. None of those body parts are pierced anymore. I will just put it that way. But <laughs> you meet me at any like event or here on the podcast and or you read the blog, 
like I'm probably the last person that you would think would have that and that and that pierced. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need Ativan or Wellbutrin or Prozac. I needed sleep and a thyroid that was functioning properly. Yes. And instead I got this husband who thought I was even more crazy because I was, I was under the influence and I was going out. I mean, I, yeah. To be totally honest, the tattoo and piercing parlor shouldn't have even done it. Because, oh my gosh. <laughs> because you had to sign a paper that says you're not under the influence of anything. Well, clearly I was. I have a similar story. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So no, for sure. And and that's it. Like you're not yourself. You're not present. You're not even, you're not in your right mind. So they say, but you know what? And this is what I've come to realize when we say that term, which I always think of, you know, the etymology of words or, you know, where do we get our language from? When we think about the right mind, have you ever heard of that saying, she's out of her mind or? Yes. Yeah. We have since learned with the latest research, learned that the heart actually has similar cells, neurites and brain cells. It is a mind in itself, the heart mind. And when we are out of our heart and in our head, we are in our reactive place of thinking. We're not rational. We're not intuitive. We're not um, forward thinking. We're pretty much living what I call you live for the moment, not in the moment. And so does that make sense? I can tell you the difference if... Okay, I don't mean to take attention away from you, but it totally makes sense. And I'm reading The Power of Now right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like divine timing. Because uh, it, it, just because I'm reading that right now, it's like, oh, wow. I totally get it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I do believe in divine timing, too. And that's what I've come to realize is that these things align for us in a perfect, a perfectly synchronized way so that we can, you know, be open to seeing things in a new way. You know, it's basically we're overcoming the world of illusions and in, in what the, you know, the mystery schools would say, you know, that this world is, you know, we're following these paths that aren't made for us. They were laid out before us, but they're not ours. It's not our own. And as a result, we are not tuned into our authentic selves, our true nature of being. And the more we walk that path, the further away from ourselves we feel. And as a disconnect, it has um, a price to pay. And the price is that we don't feel confident in this life. We don't feel capable. And we end up uh, resorting to and giving our power away to these authorities like doctors in this example. I'm not saying doctors are bad. They've saved my life in some situations. But, you know, we have to acknowledge like we are the authorities over our own life. And so anyway, that was my path to how I got to that place of realizing, you know, when I was stuck, it motivated me to explore these universal truths and higher consciousness. And, you know, when I started out in search of something like a drug, (laughs) or someone like a doctor to save me, I ended up finding myself. And this is what motivated me to help others, you know, and realizing that people are ready to change. They want to overcome self-doubt and fear. They want to have a more meaningful relationships in this life and find their purpose and feel fulfilled and, you know, make a difference. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. So in 2016, right before the podcast launched, 
I had put myself down another one of the sleep deprived spirals. Mm. And yes, uh, listeners, if you go back to episode five, and I'll put a link to the show notes, you'll, you'll hear why I'd rather that you sleep then listen to that episode because it's the truth. I mean, we we have to stop sacrificing sleep to achieve everybody else's view of success because that sleep deprivation to me does not equal success. I mean, as a mother of five, I know what it's like to be sleep deprived thanks to kids. But that's one thing. But doing it just to put another penny and quite literally another penny into your account is not totally it, it's not worth it at all. But my long story short is I had my miraculous aha moment. And when I woke up the next morning, I realized I need to stop following my head and follow my heart instead. Because all my deadlines were because my bank account said that's what they needed to be. But what if I actually created the products and the services and worked with my clients the way that my heart said felt good? rather than what my bank account says I should do. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, and I have income statements to show that immediately income quadrupled. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, it's been a struggle since then. There have definitely been points where the head and the ATM try to take over. But when I can fight that just a little bit or maybe work against it, I don't even want to say work against it. Maybe you have a better way of saying it. When I can bring reason to why I'm doing everything, actually, I've nicknamed it my purposeful action plan. If I focus on the purposeful action instead of a task list or actually, listeners, you know, I don't cuss very often, uh, at at least on the podcast in real life. I do a lot. (laughs) You know, I last week I, I had created a get shit done sheet. And I love that. <laughs> it, I, I love it too, but this weekend I realized I have to rename it because it's not shit that I'm doing. Yeah. So I named it or I renamed it the prioritized purposeful action uh, list. That's a good name. So like my team and I know that I'm working on my PPAs today, not my GSDs. And it just feels so much better because I know it's purposeful and not just getting shit done. You know what? I love that. Oh my gosh. Language is so important. And even to the brain, you know, we forget sometimes that our brain is being programmed by the words that we're using, the thoughts that we're thinking, the things that we're hearing. And so it never dawned on me. Of course, when you get shit done, you're literally creating shit in your life. Oh my God. Literally. And I, Uh, I, I, there's enough shit in my house. I mean, there's seven (laughs) of us living here. We don't need more. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then I also, I just need to share that, and you've inspired me to share this, for the probably the first 250 episodes of this podcast, every time somebody talked about meditation, I was just like, oh, seriously? Again, I, I cannot get it. Like, I don't get how meditation works for people. And then I realized I was meditating from my head instead yes. of from my, from my heart. But yep. when I started listening or observing my heart during meditation... Oh my gosh, it all just clicked because oh, my, it's a huge shift. Yeah. Yeah. My head is like the New York City subway system. I can't listen to my head during meditation or there's never going to be any quiet. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, too, about meditation, and then this is actually because I'm, you know, I'm a trained meditation facilitator and um, have literally sat for days in meditation at a time. So I understand like how difficult it can be and also how important it can be as well. But 
when people are, they say to me, you know, I do, I I meditate every day and, you know, for years or something, and they still have the same challenges, then um, we have to really, you know, evaluate what am I doing in that meditation and is it effective or is it just checking something off a list? And I think, like you just said, you know, doing it from the head versus in the heart. When you're in the heart, you are literally present in this moment and it's it's a transcendental experience. It is something completely other than just, all right, I sat and I was quiet and I did that check. But the other thing too, and this is where I, I think maybe I differ from other meditation practitioners, is that I do facilitate verbally. I think verbal cues are so important for the early days, and even not early days. I mean, I myself prefer to be facilitated, and I've been doing it for decades. But that whole like verbal cue helps you enter into those different like literally unlock parts of your unconscious being access into places that you didn't even realize you can go because someone said something to you that allowed you to figure out how to experience that differently. Does that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You got me actually thinking now about my podcasting journey. And I mean, as a listener and not as a host, and this all goes back to head versus heart. There was a time not too long ago, like a year and a half ago, when I was subscribed, no joke, to 180 different podcasts. Yeah. And I needed to listen because I my Mac was too full. I, I heard <laughs> I did. I actually heard you talk about that before. But I wasn't um, getting, like, I wasn't seeing value. I was just trying to stay ahead of it so I could at least download my latest Canva image, you know? So what's yeah. the value to be gained there? Right. And then I cut. I think as people, as humans, we often get afraid. We fear cutting stuff out of our life because we think we're going to lessen the value. Right. When so many times, and I'm actually going through a challenge right now where I'm like, okay, I need to just cut this. But what happened? Like, there's that scarcity mindset of if I cut this, I'm going to miss something. Right. Well, no. By cutting from 180 podcasts down to the nine, which feed me the most spiritually, emotionally, entrepreneurially, I think I just made, you know, there's so much more to gain and I can appreciate every second. But I did realize that I'm talking like 1.75 speed just because that's the speed that I listen to podcasts at now. (laughs) Like Right. And if I hear something that's gold, I pause back it up and then slow it down just so I can get whatever oh, me too. You know, juicy nugget that I think I can gain from that. My husband comes into the room and he's like, oh, 1.75 speed. I need to leave. Cause he's like, this makes me crazy. He's like, how can you absorb it? I'm like, I just get used to it. But he's, oh, he's yeah. even noticed that he's like, are you back in New York again? We live in Ohio, but maybe it's the same in Massachusetts, like where you live. But I noticed that the the speaking is a lot faster. Like I moved here from outside of New York City. It's like, just tell me what you want and then move on. But out here it's like, can you get to the point a little bit faster, please? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I sounded so rude. But seriously, what do you want? Just tell me what you want. No, no, I totally. And you know, actually, I was talking about this the other day with somebody. I said my when I first started um, doing like I, I have um, on my in my private group, I do virtual coffee talks and uh, I'll, you know, bring up a subject of the week and now facilitate a meditation through, you know, whatever the topic is. 
So, but what's funny is when I first started doing it, you know, it's not like natural to be talking in front of a video screen. You know, it's like uh, when I was doing on Facebook and I realized that my whole training as a hypnotist, as a guided meditation uh, coach, neuro-linguistic programming, I was so slow and methodical, like how I'm doing it right now. And I went, oh, hell no, <laughs> I'm going to lose people. I can't have my you know, live coffee talks be slow and methodical. And so I, I learned through that experience of, of like how and when to, you know, I guess, to have inflection and, and to speak better. <laughs> Is that a word? Is that a proper English? <laughs> oh, there's words made up all the time on the Positive Productivity <laughs> Podcast. I'm infamous for making up new words. It's it's the joke amongst my family. Oh, here too. Yeah. And actually, my sister is part of my team. And she'll listen to the different accents that come out of my mouth during any given episode. And it, it hasn't been the case so much lately, because I'm really just getting back into the flow of podcasting after a couple months off. But she's like, okay, I heard a hick, Canada and New York and all in that one episode. <laughs> Okay, Midwesterners, I love you, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. I feel like we went down a little side path. We went path. down rabbit hole, but it was a good conversation. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> was. So, I guess I want to know more about how you really jumped into this. Yeah. Yeah. How I got into the, the work that I do now. Into the work that you do now, Yeah. Yeah, it actually started as that story kind of, uh, as I shared that story about my realization and I needed to find another way, I actually started to work on myself and started to heal with things that I, honest to God, never had a clue even existed. Like with, first I started with essential oils, energy medicine. I remember I was in school, this parallel to time I was studying um aesthetics and uh, my teacher was in class doing Reiki and I remember raising my eyebrow having a judgment and kind of saying like what are you doing you know it just looked weird to me and I was very judgy and so the girl receiving the healing said oh I have a headache and she's helping me and I was like what I have headaches all the time you can help headaches with whatever it is you're doing can you try it on me so I lay down she placed her hands on me. And when I tell you, I just started bawling, like out of nowhere, started bawling as if any pent up emotion that I didn't even know was, was stuck in me had come up to the surface. And I told the woman, I said, I don't know what's happening, but it feels good. Keep going. And then the next day I slept like a baby talking about sleep deprived. I was like you sleep deprived. And I slept well, my headache was gone, and I said, I don't know what you did, but I want to know. So that set me on my first path of learning for myself. It was intentionally, it was, or excuse me, at the beginning, it was selfish. It was for my own needs. But as I continued to heal and then like would do nutritional healing and learned things that nowadays is commonplace, I mean, you know, it's not uncommon to have a health coach, a life coach to do energy healing or to do alternative medicine or to do, you know, some kind of guided meditation and that sort of thing. But back in the day, I mean, I had to really stretch myself to figure out how to do it for myself and then find someone. And so I knew, like, I didn't know how I was going to help people. I just knew in a moment's like clarity 
as I stood in my kitchen, I can even see like I'm looking at a picture as I talk to you right now. And I, I said, people are suffering and they don't realize that they don't have to. They don't realize that there is another way. And I am going to help people find a new way and to help them overcome. And so from that almost like mission statement, if you would, a very natural organic statement to the universe, I decided to pursue the how. And I didn't know that's what I was doing at first. I was just, as I mentioned, helping myself, but also I would learn a new thing. I would get certified in that new thing. And then I would work with people and then rinse and repeat. That, and I did that for years. And I built up my practice that way because I just felt like I was enjoying my life. This just brought me joy, you know, to learn something new, to have these discoveries and to see the results that people were getting. I was fulfilled. And so it just was a no brainer to kind of just follow the path that was unfolding for me. And it was coming from me because it was in joy. It was from my heart. It was from the place inside of me that was both excited as well as a little bit nervous because it's scary pursuing something new. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty around it. It's like, am I going to be good at this? Are people going to get results from this? Will people judge me? I had all of those fears and insecurities. I had the doubts that went along with it. And I had to develop courage and confidence. And I always say that courage is, you know, when you are working to overcome something, you know, it's scary at first to step into the realm of the unknown. So you need a little bit of courage in order to take action. But confidence is a state of being. Confidence is that place where you are like in your power, you radiate out and you don't have to do anything. You just are. And so I think that confidence comes as a result of taking courageous action and you don't have to be good at it, you know, whatever the it is that you're thinking of doing. You just have to feel excited by it and desire that like feeling of joy in fulfilling that joy. That's it. You know, find the courage to learn a new skill, to develop yourself, to hire a coach to teach you something you don't have access to, you know, those sort of things. Wow. Wow. So you have me thinking about something that happened about a month ago. And I can't honestly remember if I've shared it on the podcast yet. But I have a virtual assistant job group on Facebook with nearly 26,000 members. And sometimes there's little heated debates that come on for anybody who's tuning in for their first episode today. I started my business in 2012 as a virtual assistant, and I'm no longer a virtual assistant. But in 2013, I wanted to help virtual assistants. And I started this group and then it sort of exploded. Anyway, long story short, there's sometimes controversies about the rates that overseas VAs charge. And I got involved in a little debate, just asking people to keep their mouths shut, sort of like I was talking to my children. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't sure. say anything at all. And I ended up getting seven death threats <laughs> sent to my inbox. Like detailed. That's horrible. I'm sorry I laughed. No, that's, that's okay. Terrible. I don't want to take any shocked of... by people. And this is, I always say. Exactly. People, shocked by people. It was just appalling. And I'm like, they went through pain, staking, like 
work to learn my three of my kids or two of my kids names and comb my social media and just be really gruesome and I was ready I said to my husband I just want to stop now I was like this is all too real like I can't even consider the thought of them actually doing this and we our religious beliefs are like very strong in our house and he said Kim this is the devil Yes. If you stop right now, you're letting the devil win. Right. So right. you, and it's, you're only going to get more attention as you keep on going. So if you can't handle this, then you might as well just stop now. But I'm telling you that you have a purpose and you need to keep on going. So you have to make the decision. <laughs> Shauna, this is, I don't mean, well, I do mean to laugh. I did go forward. And because I had gotten involved, I did get a, a bit more attention in the group. And people wanted to know how I grew my business. So what did I do? Oh. I launched a membership site. And now I'm making money as a result of keeping on oh, going. <laughs> like, okay, devil, take that. See? Not yep. only did it yes. keep on going, but I'm making money off of keeping on going. Because nice. previously it had been free. Like. I love that story because it really reminds me of how there is purpose in the pain. And we come to what's called choice points. These are our defining moments where we're forced to make a decision. And like this perfect example, your decision was, do I quit altogether because this just got real? Or do I push through and change some things so that it goes to the next level. And as a result of you not backing down in the face of fear, you took that courageous step and you didn't know it was going to lead to a, a financially lucrative opportunity for you. And lo and behold, so the highest outcome will reveal itself from those courageous actions. They always do. Absolutely. And you know what also happened was I realized, okay, I was being a little bit too relaxed on social media like yes I was sharing and you can debate me on this if you want but um, being too open because as a mother and I don't how old is a son right my son is 23 I'm a grandmother okay. oh my gosh <laughs> so my oldest is 16 and then I have four year old twins and then there's a couple more in between but I realized I was being too relaxed you know, too much was public. Even I had my own home address on my email footer. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay, Kim, you know, this was a lesson because it could have happened a couple years from now when your list is a lot bigger and you could start getting people knocking on the door or you can go to the UPS store and get a PO box. No, this is not an affiliate, but I really should looking in, into that. So I was like, okay, there's something to be gained. Now's the time to take it all sort of private stop putting names into posts and get the nice. p.o box that you should have gotten three years ago <laughs> i actually um had that realization not to put my address on my website people mm. need to reach out to me if they want my contact information they have to go through a process to set up a discovery call with me so i know that they're sincere because i was getting a lot of unsolicited you know, people were reaching out to me and it was draining. And I'm like, what is going on? So I took the, like you, and kind of realized, take the, you know, public information or this private information shouldn't be public. And yeah, but that's scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, my husband also said, so sorry, I don't mean to deviate from your story. I just want to give a little context <laughs> to the listeners. Um, overseas VAs, 
especially in the Philippines, often charge a bit less. I mean, their cost of living is significantly less than at least in the States. And I had somebody reach out and say, you know, in my town, the most I can get paid is 50 cents an hour. So thank you for having the people who were arguing that we're charging $3 an hour be quiet and move on. Because I don't think a lot of people realize that when I'm charging $3 an hour, that's, you know, that's amazing for me. It's six times more than I could be making in my town. And all that I've asked is, you know, I understand that this, the same in any part in our business, some clients will be for us, some will not. And if they're not, just move on. Right, right. But right people will come to you. You know, people want to work with those they know, like, and trust, not those who have the cheapest prices. <laughs> so, absolutely. I mean, maybe. Maybe sometimes a client will make the decision based off of price, but it depends on the kind of service. But when you're working with a VA, there's more factors. And that's just an example. It's like, I want to work with someone that I actually like and trust, not not that is going to do it cheaply, because then it comes out cheaply. Absolutely. And my podcast production team is in the Philippines, and they started for significantly less than they're getting now. And they're building their whole business charging significantly, like significantly more than I started with them with. But the same has happened in my business. I mean, I started my business at $8 an hour because I had never been a VA before. Yes, I've been in corporate for 15 years, but I didn't have the confidence, right? Like we were talking about before, because it was something new to me. I didn't think I could charge more. And now it's like hundreds more per hour. So- when I changed my prices, I saw it's funny because I think like this goes to that part, you know, where some of the entrepreneurs here listening are thinking about, you know, sacrificing uh, something to get something else. And, you know, I realized like I needed to up my prices because I was the same price for like a decade or more. And I'm like, I'm not standing out. And plus, I, I would spend so much time working on clients' content before and after a session. So I was like, why am I charging like an hourly rate when in truth, I'm like providing a service that they get an outcome. It's not like, oh, I'll show up at this time and end at this time. It doesn't work that way. Right. And what's funny, and I think probably people will relate to this, is that you'll lose some people. You know, I had some clients not want to come back or people that perhaps were initially looking out to have a, you know, like a consultation with me and then discovering I'm not in their price range. But the truth is, is that the people who did stay on board are the best people to work with. Oh my God, I love my clients. I legit have like a love in my heart for the people that I, I work with and who show up for this kind of work. And I'm so fortunate that I'm able to do this. But if I wasn't able, like maybe in some, again, some of your listeners might relate. It's like, you know, if you needed like to quit your business and get a, a job because you couldn't sustain your practice, then the clients who would benefit from the work that you can help them with will not be, be- be served. And so it was a service to, for me anyway, I know that we weren't necessarily going down this path. (laughs) No, but I love this path. (laughs) What I realized though, was that when I was in scarcity mode, so were my clients and scarcity mode clients are hell to work with. I mean, they're the ones who are texting me at like two o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning. Can you build this funnel? Because I do marketing funnels. Can you build this funnel for me this weekend? 
I really want to say no because I want to spend the weekend with my family, but I really need the money. So I guess I'll say yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the last thing I want to be doing on the weekend. So getting rid of those has opened the door for so many who aren't like that. Yeah. And I think that's actually the revelation, you know, when you learn. So I kind of go back to like the whole discernment piece, you know, when you when you get to that decision point in life or whatever that challenge is that you're faced with, that choice point that you're at, the choice is to discern what's your best next step. And to speak back to the earlier part of our conversation, if you're in your head, which is where, you know, perhaps all of our stories from our past pains and all of our fears about the future unfolding in a way that's familiar to, you know, to that part of you who's afraid of repeating the past, it's going to hijack you from that place of fear. And therefore you see the world or you see the road you're on or the choice that you're at through the lens of fear from your head. But if you learn the antidote, which is to master the skill of going in to your heart and asking your heart for the wisdom, your heart has access to infinite knowledge and power. And you can essentially go on, I call a discovery quest with your heart. You learn how to ask the right questions. You learn how to contemplate the answers that you discover. And sometimes answers come in dreams. Answers might come in conversations with people. Answers might come in revelations while you're driving. In the shower. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I literally, I got out of the shower the other day and I forgot the insights that I had. And I went, oh, I wish I had pen and paper in the shower, (laughs) like next to the bathroom or in the shower. I had three blog and podcast ideas in the shower the other day. I couldn't believe that I actually did remember them because usually I don't. (laughs) But I actually heard on a podcast that I was listening to, if you tell yourself, don't forget this, you're setting yourself up to forget. (laughs) But if you say, remember this, then you will. But I was actually just thinking, I really need to get bath crayons. I mean, the kids will totally eat them up. I don't mean (laughs) quite literally eat them. Although I shouldn't be sharing this. My 16 year old who's sitting there now used to eat crayons and then he had technicolor poops um, or prismatic color poops. He's got his headphones on. He probably didn't hear that. But yeah, I have to, this is sort of going off topic again, but I wanted to share I actually called my husband a weed this morning, W-E-E-D. I was listening to Joel Osteen last night, and yes, I'm getting all religious, but he was talking about being aware of the soil that we're planting ourselves in. And this is what my journey of 2019 has looked like, because I was suffering from really bad anxiety entering the year, and then I realized that my husband's mood was bringing me down quite a bit, and I did address that with him before now I said look your mood has the ability to impact me like nobody else's does he's my soulmate if he's in a really crappy mood like I really need to be guarded and so I've been working on guarding myself or shielding myself this year but I told him this morning because he was just in another one of these states I was like you're being a weed so do you want to nurture the people here or are you trying to be a cactus and just like prick everybody because you I mean I didn't call him a prick. That would have been more appropriate right then. I'm like, just listen to yourself. And he had been listening to the episode with with me last night. He's like, you're right. I don't know if he meant it or if he was just trying to get me to shut up. But I was 
like just stop being a weed. And what it really occurred to me last night, and I was sort of surprised hearing this from Joel Osteen, but he's like, you need to look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Because if you are at the top of everybody, and I was telling my sister this this morning, and she was like, huh. I was like, if if you're at the top, yes, these people can be supporting you, but who's really motivating you to keep on moving? So going to that next level, yes, we had to do a lot of inner work, but it's also who we're surrounding ourselves with. I mean, my ex-husband, there was no more room to grow in that garden and I had to move on. And I know super religious people might be like, well, divorce is condemned, whatever. My garden has been nurtured plus three more kids. So there you go, you know, but we really have to be more aware of who we're surrounding ourselves with. And maybe it's the clients. Maybe we've outgrown our clients. And I know I've outgrown mine like four times. And we just need to keep on going. Right. Absolutely. And keep moving forward. And that's what life is. Life is the never-ending unfoldment, the infinitely expansive unfoldment of your potential. And so often when I talk about people's potential and like, what's our purpose? It's not like we're going to get to a destination and stay there. It's not like that black and white. You know, it's through every experience, we gain something. We gain knowledge, wisdom, understanding. We gain gifts, strengths, and skills. Our purpose is to give those things, to give of ourselves from those places, from our treasure. And as a result of giving, we continue to expand and grow. And that is ultimately what life is. You know, life is nonstop growth. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Shauna, how do you work with people today? I'd love if you would share a little bit more of about that. Sure. Well, I actually have uh, a few different ways of serving When I have my one-on-one work that I do with people, if I bring people through their quest for healing and transformation and customize support for them, and it's virtual, so it's with people from all over, we do virtual sessions through Zoom. And in the past year, I've been taking my group work because I also have this like a system, if you would, like where people begin with me. I actually have three, what I call the cornerstones of this this work and this journey of transformation. The first and foremost is healing. We have to go through the weeds that you just talked about. We have to look at our inner world and the patterns that we have, the patterns of thinking, the patterns of feeling, the patterns of behaving. Those are habits that we learned somewhere. And so healing is actually unlearning those habits and clearing the field so that you can plant new seeds in your garden. And that's the second cornerstone is the journey itself is actually that kind of um, process of planting new seeds of potential. You know, as you experience more of life you get more, you, you are able to then give more from that place of having more experiences. And that's the third cornerstone. It's unleashing uh, your potential out in the world is about service. It's about giving your gifts that are in alignment with your authentic self. You know, oftentimes people talk about wanting happiness in life. What they want is to know that they're fulfilled in their life, like they're fulfilled in what they do. They have meaningful relationships and interactions that are are like satisfying. And so 
there is something that is emerging from each and every one of us. And those decision points that we get to in life, that's when people come find me, is when they're at that choice point. And the decision is, do I act in the same old way that I've always acted before and refer to my default habits of you know, fight and flight? Or do I learn new skills to create a new path? This path is not necessarily laid out that's new. And that's why it's important to work with someone like myself who who helps people in this process, you know, and, and work through creating this, this new path for yourself. So uh, I have these online programs. One of them is uh, called Forgive to Live Again, and that's working through the weeds to heal the unresolved grievances, the resentments that we have, the regrets that we have. And then the other program that I do is um, it's a six-month transformation incubator with a group, and it's virtual as well. And that's also helping people through each of these stages, but it's more in-depth so that when people emerge from this incubator, they are renewed. And they have – everybody says that they feel like they're a new person altogether. It's as if something – they're shiny and new. <laughs> So oh, I, I can see like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon <laughs> at the end of six months. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yes. Yeah, Shana, where can listeners learn more about your programs? You know, just my name is my website where they're able to access my um, the information they might need to find. But in truth, I don't have these programs on my website so much as I, I share the offers when they come up because they're not every day. I don't offer the, the programs every day. So if people actually are interested, the best way to um, stay in touch is to sign up for my – I actually have a tools, free tools that I share with people. If you go to I Aspire to Excel, iaspiretoexcel.com, then people will actually be able to – stay in touch with me. They'll have access to my free steps. It's like the first steps on this journey are kind of getting clarity around where you're at and what you want. And I give uh, a free audio that people can listen to to envision air what's possible. So that's my free gift to people. And then when I do promote um, the upcoming classes, I don't have the dates set right now, but when they're set, I will send out an email to people so that they know when it's available to them if they're interested in joining or at least having a conversation with me to learn more about it. Amazing. I aspire to excel.com and listeners, all the resources that we've talked about, the books, the websites, everything will be on the show notes, which you'll be able to find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP561. Shauna, I have had such a blast chatting with you today. I want to thank you so much for the time that you've given us and also for your toolkit and just all your knowledge as well. So thank you so much. My pleasure. It has been an honor, Kim. I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to share this with you. Thank you so much. Oh, you are so welcome. Shauna, do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Yes. Don't believe the stories that you tell yourself. <laughs> about what's uh, not possible. If you're afraid of the what ifs, you know, I can't do this, the self-talk around doubts and fears, those are just false evidence appearing real. It's fears. They're not truths. So don't believe the hype in your head. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. 
When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. 